Hi, I'm Tina Spangler at TLC Barrels, and welcome to my podcast. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. It is November 21st of 2023. This is Q&A podcast number 171. So this is the third Thanksgiving that um, I've done going into Christmas and in afar. This is like one of my favorite time of year. I think Thanksgiving and Christmas just is a time of you know, all the lights and everybody gets in the mode of gift giving and they just, it just, it can also be a hard and sad time for people. And I understand, but I think it's important that even if this is a time where you have some loss or, or you have some memories that are sad for you, you still need to change your mindset every single morning when you wake up and try to have something that you're thankful and grateful for. Because I find that blessings always outweigh the sad things. And you that's why you need to focus on that. Because that's how your mind will allow you to enjoy life and live every day uh, carpe diem. So, so um, I wanted to share a little story before I get into the topic and the questions for, day, for today. Which I do have a few. Um, it is exciting, right? Um, we're doing the countdown to the NFR the first week of December. Um, I just had a clinic in Lake City Saturday. That was an awesome clinic. Um, nothing makes me happier than the past 20-some years here in Florida um, of doing clinics because I get to see so many changes from the morning to the afternoon with riders' um, skill, their confidence level, and it just makes me really happy. Um, and so I, I really enjoyed this clinic, and I love the feedback that I got afterwards. It just makes me remember why I love doing the clinics. And then um, tonight's going to be fun. Um, tonight, I'm starting my first group lessons um, with five riders at Palatka Arena. That's going to be a weekly thing. Um, and they're riders that I've mostly done lessons for here at my house. But it's uh, most of them live over there. And with their youth riders, so with, uh, and some adults are saying that they will attend at other dates. But right now, the, the five are youth riders. And with school nights and daylight savings, um, I have arena lights as well, but it can make it where I can combine them all in one night over there. So it'll be more convenient for the, the, um, riders. So, um, and it'll be good cause I can take Rocky and get Rocky out and about as well. So, um, so anyways, I'm excited about that, but it got me thinking, it got me thinking again, how thankful I am to do what I do. And I remember when I got pregnant and the doctor told me I was having a boy, I started to cry. And he's like, well, you knew it was a 50-50 chance, right? And I'm like, but I'm a barrel racer. I have to have a girl. And, you know, the more I settled into the fact that I was having a boy, I figured God knew what he was doing. You know, I was thinking, what am I going to do with a, a son, right? I just saw myself with a barrel racing daughter. And um, Dalton ended up being exactly the perfect child for me um, because he was a happy, independent boy that would just be happy while I was riding, looking for bugs and playing with cars and Legos and, you know, and just a happy kid. And then later in life, he got into the 4-H steers and, and then of course the, uh, team roping and all of that. So, you know, so sometimes we are thinking life should be one way and God surprises you and shows you another way. And it's even better than you could have imagined. But I also think I did have a daughter. I had so many daughters. When I look back, I think of how all the daughters 
that I got to take part in their lives. I mean, not like a true mother, but they were still looked to me as a mentor, asked me for advice, <clears throat> came to me for lessons weekly. I think of Rachel. I, I think of Morgan and Josie. I think of Christina, Emily S., Emily B., Amanda, Carly, Summer, Brianna, Sunny. The list can go on and on of all the girls from back, you know, 15 years ago to to girls 10 years ago, the last five years, and the girls now. And what made me think of it is last night I was doing, I, I did a couple of lessons yesterday, and the, they're young teen girls, and the last one at the end of the night, and both of them really, but the last one, she was just, her eyes just sparkled when her and her horse did something they hadn't been able to do. And she was so appreciative. And she said, thank you so much. I, I so am thankful that you took us on for training. And, um, and I just thought, you know, what an, a, an amazing girl to get that much joy out of that accomplishment. And it made me remember how much I've loved being a part of their journey even if they don't stay in it. Some of these girls I mentioned, one's an engineer, the other are nurses. Some are moms now, some are married now. One's a horse trainer, another one's a veterinarian. Um, some of them don't have horses, some of them still do have horses. Uh, and it's just a matter of um, being a part of their journey and wondering when they're teenagers, you know, junior high, high school, what are they going to become? Who will they become? All I know is that I get to be a part of it for a little while and teach them how to love horses, teach them how horsemanship is better than the cowboy way of, you know, being rough with a horse. And it's better to love them and trust them and respect them and communicate with cues with them. And they'll get that same back from them, you know, and and I just when I think about that, I think how blessed I have been to do what I do. So I just wanted to share that as my story for Thanksgiving because I am so thankful for all the daughters that I haven't raised, but I've got to be a part of their lives and watch them grow up into um, uh, from amazing young women to amazing women now. And it's the same with the ladies I'll meet tonight. I get excited about them. You know, I see the stuff they go through. Teenagers don't have it easy. They deal with peer pressure and bullying and making decisions. And I think it's smart of the parents to be really involved and have them have a horse activities. Um, I think it keeps them on track. It teaches them love and discipline. It teaches them about caring about others besides themselves. Um, and it gives them a passion and a purpose in a world that can sometimes be very confusing and frustrating. Um, you know, so I just, I applaud the parents that really, you know, step up and, and sacrifice so much to take these kids and get them a horse and a truck and a trailer to haul the horse and, and haul them to their shows on the weekend. And it's just, it's just a really great to be a part of families like that. And I think it's just really an awesome thing. So anyways, um, one last thing before I get into it was someone had asked me, cause I say, um, Sometimes I say focus on the three P's, uh, peace, pray, and positivity. Well, the story behind that was when I was with, um, I think it was with Summer, one of my girls, and we were at a rodeo, and um, 
we said, and I, and she said, I gotta go, I gotta go pee. And I said, oh, the three P's. And she says, what? And I said, I think it was, I said, I said, you know, pee, pray, and puke, the three things you do before you run. And we were saying that for many years with other, other times too. And I just, that night standing out to me because that's the night that the new three P's came out. I said, you know, we need new ones instead of pee, pray, and puke, because, you know, we get nervous before our runs, and you always have to go use the restroom, and and you always say a prayer for safety and, and all of that, but but I said, how about if we change the other two P's from the pee and the puke to peace and positivity with the pray, and that's how it changed, so the new the new three P's, I think, is, is a little more, it, not as funny as the first one, but it's a little bit more appropriate, because those are three things that we should have in our lives all the time, and that is peace and positivity and, of course, prayer. So so that's how that came to be. So I'd like to welcome um, new members from uh, Florida, Marietta. I'm going to say it wrong. Marita. Marita, yep, that's how you say it, I think. <laughs> and then from my clinic, uh, you always get a follow-up month in the group, and hopefully they'll stay longer. Uh, Katie, Rebecca, Amber, Joanna, and Sophia. So that was a really fun clinic. Again, lots of nice changes. Um, I want to go over a few reminders before I get into the questions. Um, let's see here. Also, by the way, I am doing a, um, I am doing videos and I had about 40, no, maybe 35 so far. So I think I did about 12 or 15 yesterday around my lessons and I'll be doing another 10 or so uh, however many I need to do today to get done before I go to my group lessons this evening. So, um, so just letting y'all know I'm doing that. And, uh, remember, um, usually the turnaround time for your videos, if they come in on the weekend is going to be Monday through Wednesday. I do try to take one day off a week for myself to go do something fun for me, unless I have a clinic then I end up stuck with taking a, a day off during the week instead of on the weekend. <clears throat> so let's see here. Okay. So personal best. Um, remember to please tell me we have two weeks left of uh, November. So if you had a personal best, let's get your name on that list for the drawing. The challenges. Don't forget, we're still doing the D pattern challenge. Send me a short video of you doing the D pattern, you know, two minutes or less. And um, I'll enter you in the essential oil aromatherapy drawing. So, um, it's, it's a bonus for you to win something, but it's also a bonus for me to see how you train your horse. So I, I, I think only four or five people have taken part in it, which is kind of sad. So I, I guess everybody's just really busy, but I hope you are doing the D pattern because it really is the drill that I go to for open horses to teach them to be uh, flex and fluidity. It separates rate from turn. It takes away anticipation. It works on balance and good form. For the novice horse or the futurity colt, it's going to teach them everything they need to know how to turn a barrel well. And for a rider, it teaches you that teamwork, where your hands should be, your eyes, your body, your legs. So really, deep pattern is important. I use it in almost every clinic. It's that important of a drill to me. Um, and then let's see here. The skill, remember, is you can say something you're thankful for every morning you wake up. Because that positive attitude will change your whole day. Or use that Bible verse that you picked. Um, mine is Proverbs 3, uh, 5, and 6. And um, everybody can have whatever it is that helps them start their day with a positive attitude. 
Uh, reminders, don't forget to use the members only website. All the videos are there or you can search the group. Um, something else to keep in uh, mind is um, I posted some videos in the group last week on groundwork, um, on ways to uh, develop your horse's top line or strengthen their core. Um, I, it, I posted uh, an article in there. I wrote some stuff for groundwork and in the saddle, things to do to improve your top line and core. And then the other one um, was anticipation on the barrel pattern to circle away or counter arc away. Um, and then the third thing was some photos from the uh, BFA fraternity, the Barrel Fraternities of America. Um, I posted some of the riders' hands and body positions uh, just for reference for people too. So I hope you all found that helpful. So always go in and, and scroll um, the group because I, I post in there usually something every day. So don't miss out because it's helpful. Um, those of you wanting to remember how to do the, the drills from the clinic or uh, anything like that, you can search the, uh, search the group. You can go to the members only. And it's also in your TLC uh, training notebook as well, diagrams and uh, explanations of the drills. Okay, so let me see here. What else? Um, the topic today is going to be uh, about, let's see, what is the topic today? <laughs> I'll go into the questions. Top, topic today is going to be the magical time um, of, um, of Christmas and also your 2024 dreams um, to believe you can and never quit. So I have about 10 things I want to talk about today and then on that. But first, I'm going to go ahead and go into the questions. I think I have about six questions for today. Um, number one, how do you know if your horse has fallen or slipped bad at a barrel race if they're sore? Well, you probably don't, won't know for sure. Like say for instance, you lift something too heavy or you slip and fall out, you know, in the yard or something. You are going to have soft tissue or muscle soreness for a couple of days from maybe overexerting yourself or twisting in a way you shouldn't have. So I would immediately after a fall, uh, rest and and Butte or Prevacox because look at you, you would normally take Advil or Tylenol after a slip or fall and you would rest those muscles. Even after a hard day, like me walking all over that gigantic rodeo arena all day Saturday, my muscles were sore on Sunday. But, um, you know, and lifting, it, I had to empty out my, load my truck, unload my truck, just a lot of stuff that I wouldn't do every single day. So, so definitely rest and Butte or like I said, you can talk to your vet about if you're worried about ulcers, uh, a little less uh, strong, but works well is the Equinox or Prevacox. And, um, and if you really think they're hurt, I would get a vet check because you don't want to run a horse that could possibly have strained or tore something and make it worse. So it, it depends on how bad it is, but certainly give them a week off and you may have your chiropractor check them, but, but certainly have a vet check. Uh, I can't stress that enough. As a preventative, um, most of us may not see something like a lameness when our horse is lunging or maybe moving in their pasture, but when you get on them, you know your horse. And if they're having stiffer on one side or having trouble picking up a lead and just, or just even feel off, like I can usually tell when I hop on my horse if they feel off at a walk, um, I'm going to get off them right away and turn them out. Um, a lady came to the clinic and they had had their horse trimmed by the farrier. 
and um, on Wednesday, and the clinic was Saturday, and the poor horse was sore, even in the deep sand in the arena, and as we worked on the drills, it got worse and worse, and the people made the decision to leave the clinic, which um, I, I felt sad for the, the, the lady, the, the girl, the young lady, but um, but they made the right decision for the horse. They put the horse first, so after the clinic, I offered him a couple free lessons, and also a free month in my group, and haven't heard back from them yet, but I'm hoping they take advantage of it. But I do feel bad that um, the horse, you know, was trimmed short. And um, and that was another issue that came up. People were talking about barefoot trimmers versus a farrier setting up a horse foot for a shoe. And sometimes it is hard because farriers get it in their head that they want the angles to be a certain way. They want to back that toe up and, you know, they want to get that bottom of that foot set up for a shoe. But but knowing that the horse is barefoot, sometimes, you know, rolling that toe a little bit and leaving just a hair more uh, concavity so that the sole stays off the ground. Those things are important. Um, nobody wants to have a lame horse. So <clears throat> unfortunately, that happens sometimes. So question, um, uh, the next question, exhibitions, how many would I do? Um, so I've answered that before. I think I've answered it um, in my book as well as in the group. But I'm always happy to answer questions because obviously in three years you wouldn't have heard it or may have even forgot. So if it's a uh, novice horse, if you're already entering that horse, I would probably just buy two tickets. I would probably do a, a trot walk and a lope, just enough to let them see the ground, feel the ground, see the arena, and kind of let you know what they're thinking so you know what to expect when you make your run. <clears throat> and you may not do that on a novice horse if it's an arena you've been to several times, but definitely a new arena. Getting an exhibition can give you a little bit of an advantage. <clears throat> That's why so many people like open horses because you don't have to get there early in exhibition. But I do think it does give you an advantage. It gets a horse more prepared. Now, if it's a, a baby that hasn't been entered yet, you're just exhibitioning, maybe getting ready for their maturity year. I would probably buy four tickets. If they don't offer a timed run, then I would probably, um, I would probably do a trot to the barrel, walk around it one time and then I'd probably lope it two times and then I'd probably trot to the barrel walk around it again and I'd always slow down my rate spots I'd always take them to the same spot I'd do everything the same that I do at home at that arena so that they learn that it's the same thing just a different place um, and then on the open horse you don't need to practice barrels during the week the open horse you don't need to exhibition I would never exhibition an open horse unless there's an issue or maybe you just got there early and you want to calm them down and just walk an exhibition once just to have a calm alleyway approach or settle them down but otherwise um open horses you're better just to keep them happy conditioned you know out in the pastures or trail ride or or maybe doing dry work or drills in the arena but not necessarily barrel work and if you did go to the barrels maybe just a walk or a jog but not ever a run so um okay next question Let's see. If you're having the same issue every run, every time, what should you do? So my opinion would be to stop competing as much or slow down in competition or practice more and really fix that issue. So if every time I review a video for you and you have that same comments, do this, do this, you're doing this, you're doing this. Maybe it's a rider cue. Maybe you're missing your position. Then I would practice and fix that. Or I would slow down and get it right. and Because um, you're not going to advance making the same mistake over and over. So 
what do they say about definition of crazy is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different outcome. So again, um, that's what I would do. The next question is about groundwork um, and saddling, saddling. Oh yeah, that's why I did that post in the group. So um, how, how do I uh, build up a horse's hindquarters, their top line and their core? Um, so I did talk about things you could do on the ground from uh, walking them over ground poles to lunging them over ground poles. Um, and then also um, backing them, backing them up a hill, backing in circles, backing in figure eights with their head down, of course, and always one step at a time, give and take pressure. In the saddle, you could do it with riding in, on the vertical, getting to where you can get your horse to break in the pole, shorten their stride, and shift their weight to the hindquarters while they lift their top line. And a goal would be to build to where you could do that 20 seconds at a time or two fence posts at a time. And that would be a good goal. Um, so all of that's in the group. Let's see here. <clears throat> Let's see the next question. Uh, oh, so I did comment on the pictures in the group for the BFA. And then uh, we are going to be doing an NFR uh, fantasy team again. That's where um, once I post in the group all the NFR riders and horses that are going, um, you pick the team that you think is going to win the most money or not missing money, I'm sorry, the most, um, win the most or place the most <clears throat> out of the 10 runs and they'll get points. So if they win the go around, they get five points, second in the go around, four points, third in the go around, three points and so on. So two points for fourth in the go around, one point for fifth in the go around. So we'll total their points of the 15 teams over the 10 nights and there will be one winner, um, obviously, but let's say there's, 10 people on that one person's team. So let's say everybody says Brittany Posey's going to win. So maybe there'll be 10 people on there. So if her, if she is a winner at the end of the 10 go rounds, we'll take those writers names and then do a drawing and pick one name. And then you can win a free month in the group or the same prizes options as for the um, personal best every month that we do. So it's just fun. It just makes, you know, the NFR a little more fun. I'll talk about it a little bit each day and post the go arounds and stuff of the, of the barrel. So let's see. Next question. Um, what do you do for a horse that is, um, throwing you over the handlebars at second barrel? So meaning really dropping on their front end. Um, so my recommendation would be in and outs, but before that, I'd like to see a video because they might be dumping on their front end for two factors. One, um, they're changing their lead at the very last moment at the barrel at spot one. So you'd want to start also teaching them to get their lead change as soon as you leave first or at least a couple strides from first. So that way when they get to spot one, they're standing up better. If they wait and swap their lead at spot one, then they're certainly going to dump you onto that front end. Um, but yes, yeah, some barrel horses, even nice open horses, Briscoe would do that. She'd want to get in and out a second so hard she'd throw me like a rag doll over her, you know, over the withers sometimes. So if she starts to feel like she's dropping like a cutting horse around second barrel during the week, I'm going to do all my circles. I'm going to do, um, I'm going to do in and outs, D pattern, big and small circles, whatever. I'm going to do it sitting back and elevating her front end. So I'm going to want her nose in, her shoulder picked up her rib cage soft, and I want to feel her weight on her butt. 
almost elevated a little bit and really using her inside hind pivot foot. So that's going to be very important to do. So, but in and outs would be great because you go to your normal arc and then you think you're going to go to your normal three foot pocket, but then you pick up their nose and shoulder and take a step out to maybe four feet going in and on the backside and then finish with three feet. So that way they feel like they've, they go, oh, rate, elevate and shape before we turn. And that really uh, exaggerates shoulder up and out, rib soft and hip in and under. Um, so that would be good for that. So, so start thinking about December challenges, start getting ready now, get your new journals for 2024, because we are going to be doing a lot of skill and mindset. Um, I would also like to challenge you to watch all the videos. Um, that's going to be a part of it. Watch all the videos in the website, um, members only website. So just start keeping that in mind for challenges. We're going to be really talking a lot about goals for 2024 and how to step up your competition in your game. All right, so the topic for today, um, Christmas and 2024 dreams, never quit and believe you can. I don't just spout these words to spout these words. Never quit. Life gets hard sometimes. I went through some really hard times. Um, 2016, my divorce. 2017, lost my favorite Jack Russell. You're not supposed to have favorites, but Harley was my, my girl. She was my little girl. And um, Hurricane Irma, all by myself, on a ranch with a lot of horses, went through the scariest hurricane of my life with Rocky was one and my dogs, and it was bad. It tore things up pretty bad. And um, my boarders and stuff came after to help, but I went through it alone. Um, 2018 was a pretty decent year. 2019 was tough. I went through some issues with my ex and had to sell my ranch and and move and start my business over. 2020 wasn't much fun. COVID uh, and COVID uh, pandemic lingered into 2021. Um, and then finally things got back be better in 2022. But even during that time, lost a horse and some dogs of old age and, and issues. And that's never fun to go through. Um, 2023 has been a pretty good year. Had my hip surgery though, and got a new puppy and finally getting Rocky going again. Um, so, so that's what I mean. Every year has good and bad, right? My business is doing well. Um, and you know, every year goes, you know, highs and lows, but still you can always find the good things. And even though things get really hard, like I don't think there was any harder year for me than 2019 going into 2020. And, um, those two years were probably the hardest I've had in the last 26 years. And um, maybe even longer. And I just never gave up. I just kept believing that things would get better. I prayed my butt off. I kept thinking, what can I do? And that's actually how this virtual coaching business came to be. Because I was in pain. I couldn't train outside horses anymore. I never saw myself as anything but a barrel horse trainer. You know, I did clinics and lessons. But training was my main income. So to swap to 100% clinics, lessons, and coaching was a big change for me. So so believe you can and never quit. And um, and just pray on it because I would have not gone that direction had God not led me that direction. So so um so as we go into 2024 and Christmas and Jesus is the reason for the season, it is a magical time of the year. It is a time that if there's anything in your life that you've been thinking you want 
to change or do, start praying on it now. Um, number one, you need to know what is your why. What is your purpose and your passion? For me, it was always TLC and my son. You know, those were my two main things. My husband traveled all the time. And I loved my husband very, very much. But somehow we grew apart with um, his business traveling him away. And and my priorities changed. He loved sports and travel. And I loved horses and, and being home. And so we just, um, you know, we just grew apart. But we raised a beautiful son, and um, we're proud of him. And and I don't regret it. We had a lot of great family days. We'd go scalloping. We had great times on the boat, fishing, and things like that. We had our family days, and you know, Disney and Universal, and all those things. But but anyways, um, so know what your why is. For me, TLC is my purpose. It's my passion, helping others. Um, number two. Pray on it. Um, you know, it's like I said, for helping others and being the best coach I can be, those are things I pray on. But I also give tons of thanks for the health of my parents and my son and my business and my 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 health in general and my family and my friends. All of those things, we should always be praying on it. Um, and number three, goals. Knowing what your goals should be. You should have a big goal. And it can have to do with horses. It can have to do with your family. You know, they always say, you know, what do they say? Put your God first, then your spouse, then your kids, then your career, you know, in certain order. And and yes, sometimes life is balanced and you can have things in order. But sometimes life is chaos and there is no balance and you're being pulled 10 different directions. And um, that's why I think it's really important to have your goals written down. And then reverse engineer them into a schedule that works for you, whether it's a daily schedule, weekly schedule, whatever works best for you. I mean, it could be you have WPRA goals, pro rodeo goals. It could be you just want more family time, you know, um, camping trips, whatever. You know, it could be whatever your goals are. Number four, have a vision board, though, and put all of that down there. Have it in your your barn, your horse trailer. Put it in the house. Um, have a performance tracker. Uh, I give those away at clinics and I sell them on Amazon. It just helps keep you on track. But when you write things down, you remember them better and you can track it better. Number five, hustle and heart. If you do a few things every single day, you will succeed. That's how discipline comes. It's hard to stay motivated all the time. Sometimes you just want to have a glass of wine and watch Netflix. Sometimes you just want to hang out with your family and bake cookies for the holidays. Um, and you should have those days. <clears throat> but you should also be disciplined in the sense that every day, no matter what, you're going to maybe ride your horse. Every day, no matter what, you're going to do a 30-minute workout. You know, have If your goal is to be successful at a high level of 1D barrel racing, your horse needs to be an athlete. You need to be an athlete. So you've got to stay in shape for that. Um, you know, when I was competing and riding six to eight horses a day, I was so fit. Um, now it's a different story, you know, and um, it's hard to get that back after you stop being that active. So um, so anyways, just keep that stuff in mind. And then number six, um, self-evaluate yourself. Um, what are your weaknesses? What are your strengths? Um, 
uh, it's a good time to look back on the year and say, when was I peaking? Uh, when was things at its best? Um, do I have a bucket list? You know, uh, and you should do things when you're in your prime and you're winning because that window is small. That's a chapter in your book that you can't get back when your horse gets old and can't compete at the level they used to, or maybe when you're in your prime and you can't get that back at a later date, that's the time to go. I do think you have to have some sort of balance with family and competition and work. Um, I think it's important um, to know what your principles and your theories are, that you should have values, um, you know, and everybody's going to be different in what their loyalties are, um, what riding with heart means to them. You know, for me, it's always going to be putting that horse first. But do I love my horse just because they're winning? Or do I love my horse when they're retired in the pasture and they're old? Or maybe when they slow down, they're no longer 1D, but they're 3D or 4D. Um, you know, everybody has their own, like I said, values and principles on that. Um, number seven, mental game. Definitely have a one-minute sprint. Know how to get yourself in the go and no-go zone um, of how to, you know, get off by the trailer and take some deep breaths, clear your mind, um, then maybe see your run and then say a prayer and then, uh, again, take some more deep breaths and clear your mind and, and then be like, okay, I'm ready. And as you head to that alleyway, just think of one or two things and be in the moment. So everybody should have... That one minute positive sprint, they can get them in that confident, calm mode. And also the way that they their pre-run routine that works for them. So that's number eight. Eight is a pre-run routine. Really have a solid one. For some of you, it's going to be to arrive two hours early. Some of you, it's a one hour early. Some of you, it's sign up and then warm up 15, 20 minutes and then relax at the trailer until you put on your boots and rubber bands and all of that. And then head over to the arena two drags out. Just have a routine that works for you. Uh, you know, walking to the alleyway one-handed, rubbing your horse's butt versus two-handed. Then when you get in the alleyway, walk, trot, go after you line up with third and see your arc. Um, but have a routine that completely is detailed and write it down. Number nine, don't forget how important it is to have that barrel racing log and horse records uh, journal for you. And then number 10, the final thing, acknowledge your ups and downs. Um, don't be afraid to do the work. See what you want. See it. Say it. Do it. And as I started this uh, podcast or this topic, never quit and believe that you can. So I'm going to go ahead and finish up there. And I'm going to close with saying, set your goals, chase your dreams, never give up. Believe you can. And the final and probably most important thing is love where you are right now. I'm going to say that one more time. Love where you are right now. Um, even if you're not winning, you are still in a mode of learning. And learning is fun. The journey that you take with your horse is a fun journey. There are days where it doesn't go smoothly. And it's humbling and difficult. But there are days when there's these little moments of things are coming together. And that's the stuff that you get excited about. But just remember to love where you are right now. And um, and I know sometimes we're looking so far forward of where we want to be. 
sometimes it's okay to look back and say, look how far I've come. You know, I remember when I traded in my Jeep for my first truck and bought my first horse trailer and had my first horse as an adult that I trained for barrels. I was driving out of my property, my five acres in Colorado, going to my first barrel race with her. And I thought, you know, life cannot get any better than this little 150 truck and two horse trailer and my barrel horse heading to a barrel race. Life can't get any better. Had my Rottweiler and my truck, you know, off we go. And then later, it's two horses in the trailer and a bigger truck. And then later, it's a bigger truck and a bigger trailer and three horses in the trailer. And then I come to Florida and it's, again, um, bigger truck, bigger business, bigger trailer, more horses, uh, four horses. You know, it just, it keeps going. So, so I can look back and I can remember the first horse, the first truck and trailer and how much Callie meant to me. And I will always be thankful for Callie. And, um, and those moments will be precious to me forever. So, so like I said, when I um, tell you guys hearing the new time to beat or the winner is, is really awesome because you work so hard to get that, get to that point. But looking back, you will remember the relationships with your horses and the family and the friends and the, the memories of going places. So, so at Christmas time, that's where I want to leave this. So thank you guys for tuning in. As always, ride with heart and God bless.